0: Well good morning everybody, welcome, 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 it's great that you're here, we're pleased you're here, especially on this long weekend, you've uh, done really well to get to church on the long weekend, it's Labor Day and we're going to enjoy a great time together of leisure as we uh, talk about the final purpose, we've got just one more week next week to go over the 40 days of purpose and have you been enjoying it? Great. If you don't have a pencil, put your hand right up high in the air now and those will be delivered. If you don't have message notes, if you could just grab one from the person next to you. Um, there should be two in every news sheet. That would be great. I'm going to ask my friend Raphael to come up here. Come up here, Raphael. Let's give him a big round of applause. <laughs> could you give me your... Can I just grab this, Sam? Yes, All right. Come up, Raphael. Well, this is uh, Rafael, you might have met him. Um, how are you, Rafael? Pretty good. Good. There's a bit of an accent there. Where are you from, Rafael? Brazil. Brazil, very good. They've got good soccer players there. You play? Eh. So, so, yeah, good. <laughs> he plays very well. Now, Rafael, you've uh, been coming since, to, to this church, how long now? Uh, three months already. Three months, yeah. so before Christmas sometime. Yeah. Eh? yeah, yeah good, since good, December. Now, uh, you're doing the 40 days, you enjoying it? Yeah, it's pretty good, awesome. Good, good. <laughs> what small group are you in? Um, I've been coming for Monday, the blokes with Ash and uh, Wednesday with you and Leah and most of the guys. So let me get that straight, you're in one group on Monday night? Yep. And another group on Wednesday night? Yeah. Wow, isn't that commitment, <laughs> huh? <laughs> wow. <laughs> And tell me, so you come to the morning service, obviously, for 40 days, hey? Yeah, morning and evening. And evening. You yeah. come at night as well. You don't want to miss Sydney. No. Isn't that incredible, hey? And are you enjoying it, doing <laughs> it uh, too? Yeah, yeah, it's the second time that I'm doing. It's been great. Like, <laughs> I did once in Brisbane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, this guy's a 40 days junkie, isn't he? <laughs> Let's give him a real big round of applause. Good on you, Raph. God bless, mate. Well, if you have all your uh, notes in front of you, let's uh, continue as we go through the 40 days of purpose as it comes towards its end. Um, It has gone fast, hasn't it? It's gone so quick. Um, And we've looked at the different purposes in our life and we've realised that each of the... uh, Each of the purposes of life are a preparation for something. What are they a preparation for? Eternity. Eternity. That's right. We've learned a lot. And uh, life is all about preparing ourselves for eternity because we're going to be doing these four things that we've been looking at so far in eternity forever and ever. And so God wants us to practice those four things here on earth. Remember we looked at first about uh, worship and we looked at the fact that uh, you know, God loves us and the fact that God really uh, created us so that we would know him and that we would actually love him back. Remember we talked about it's all about God and he made us to love us and he wants us to love us back. Second, we talked about fellowship, that we were to learn to love each other. Then we talked about discipleship, thirdly, to learn to become more and more like Christ. And the fourth was service, that we would learn to use our shape in serving God, using our abilities in serving God. And you've had times this week where you've been able to all look through the shape and figure that out. That's been good, hasn't it? And reading about what it means to be a servant, it's been great. Now, once you've got these four purposes down, you come to the fifth purpose. And it's the only purpose that you can do on Earth. Uh, it's there on, on your outline. It's the only one that you can do. It says you were made for a mission. Now I wonder, are we, are we getting the PowerPoint going all right or not? Is it coming through? Oh, great, great. Whoop, oh, don't take notes. If you get all the answers now, you're in big trouble. <laughs> Okay, well, we should just be crossing back to our... There's not much we're covering this morning, I assure you. (laughs) Anyway, why don't we just continue and and we'll see if we can catch up. Right, I think I'm going... That's right, now I'm going backwards, so I think this is reversed, kind of. You all enjoying this? (laughs) This is good fun, isn't it? Here we go. (laughs) It was all my fault, really. (laughs) I was pressing this one, which was moving the slides on, and that's why we're there. But anyway, you don't need to know all of that. You were made for mission is what we're talking about this morning, that God actually made you for a mission. And this uh, fifth purpose is, is one the only one that we're not practising here for eternity. Um, it, it's the one in John 17 and verse 18, Jesus said this. And why don't we read this aloud together? There we go. Let's <laughs> read it. Jesus said, In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. Would you circle the phrase in the world? Last week we talked about how you need a a ministry in the church. Well, you also need a mission in the world. You need a ministry to believers in in the church. And you need a mission to unbelievers. So you need a, a ministry to the body of Christ, the family of God. And you need a mission that will go further than just the people in the church, but will go into the world. Now, you've got a custom mission uh, that's been just made just for you, and you've got a a common mission that we all are involved with together. And today we're going to look at the common mission that we all share together. Now, there's only two things that you're not going to be able to do uh, in heaven that you are still on earth here for right now. And there's only two things that you won't be able to do in heaven that we, we do here. And one is sin. You won't be able to sin in heaven. And the other is tell people that don't know about Jesus about Jesus. So which one do you think God's got you here for still while you're still alive for? It's, it's, it's our fifth purpose. It's our mission. And this one here, we've only got the time while we're on earth to, to participate fully in this one. So in, in John chapter 20 and verse 21, Jesus said as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Now what are we going to be sent to? What, what's Jesus saying that we're going to be sent to? What is our m- mission? Paul's really uh, realistic and specific about this. He, he tells us straight out in Acts 20. He says the most important thing is that I complete My mission, the work the Lord Jesus gave me, and let's read the rest of it together, to tell people the good news about God's grace. That's what it's all about. So why don't you write this down. My fifth purpose is to share the good news. My fifth purpose is to share the good news. Once I know that God is in control, once I know that God made me to love me, once that I know that my life isn't an accident, once I'm convinced of that, that life has a purpose for me, uh, then everything else that we've been talking about, all those things, when we understand that, we want to pass all that on to other people. We want to share it with other people. We want to share that good news. Um, now, there's a word for that, and like all the other words, it's one that's um, being misunderstood. It's the word evangelism. Now, when I say evangelism, many people get different ideas pop up into their heads. And the thing that evangelism have, has in common in the, is that it's a word that's disliked by both Christians and non-Christians, everybody just doesn't like the word evangelism because we've got all these impressions about what evangelism is. You know, we get ideas of people knocking on our doors and just shoving tracks into our face whether we like it or not. We get pictures of, of people, you know, singing and playing a guitar on the corner of the street and singing out, you know, loudly that Jesus loves you. You get ideas of people with like, you know, gel in their hair on TV saying, God, Jesus loves you and wants you to send me your money. So quickly, send it in to us right now. But that's not what evangelism is. You know, the, the Greek word for evangelism, when it's translated, just means good news. That's all that it means, good news. And so the Bible says that once I know the good news, once you and I know it, God has a purpose for us. And, and that purpose and plan for our lives is to share that good news. He wants us to pass it on. He wants us to begin sharing the good news. Now, where am I supposed to share it? Well, have a look in Acts 1 and verse 8. Let's read this aloud together. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, when Jesus told his followers, do you know where they actually were? They were in Jerusalem. So here's the point. He's saying, first, I want you to share this good news at home. I want you to start with the people that are closest to you, the ones that are right there in your own city, he was saying to them, in your own community. I want you to be sharing the good news. And then he says, I want you to go to Judea and to Samaria. That's like the country next door and the Samaritans. and They they happened to be different and they were culturally different and they were different racially as well. And so he said, I want you to go nearby to the people that are different from you as well. And he says, I want you to go to the ends of the earth. I want you to go and reach everybody else in the whole world. And first... I want you to notice in this verse what he says there. He doesn't say, I want you to be my defence lawyer. He he didn't say that. He doesn't say, I want you to be my prosecutor. You know, to stand up and... He he didn't say, you will be my salesman. You know, uh, taking every, using every means to sell this message. He, He says... I want you to be a witness. And we ask ourselves today, you know, what is a witness? What, what, what's a witness? Well, it's somebody who tells someone just what they've seen. They just tell the facts about what they've seen. I saw this, and then I saw that, and this is what happened next. A witness just shares what happened to them. And you see, you're actually. An expert witness on your own life. There's no one else that can tell the things that have happened to you better than you. You're an expert witness. You're an authority on your own life. No one else can actually explain what Jesus has done in your life better than you. No pastor, no preacher, no teacher. You're the one that knows what Jesus has done. And that's why he says, I want you to be my witnesses. He says, I want you to go all over. People that are close to you, people that are just a little bit further removed, who are maybe near but different. And I want you to go to everywhere else and I want you to be my witnesses. So, why does he say this? Well, we go back to the second week that we looked at. You see, God is building a family. He's building a family. And, and He's building this family of people who love and who trust Him. It's what He's doing. And this family is going to spend the rest of eternity with him forever. And that's the whole point of history. That's the whole point of why you and I are alive. The whole point of history is God is building a family that's going to live with him forever and he will love them and that we will love him forever and ever. And that's the whole point of history. That's why we're alive. That's what God's plan is. And so God says, I want family members from every nation. I want them from Australia. I want them from Africa. I want them from all over. And one day, all the believers are going to be gathered together in heaven. And that's not mission impossible. This is mission inevitable. It's going to happen. And it's been part of God's plan all along that this is going to happen. Look at the next verse. Uh, This is... Was God's plan. This was God's plan for all history, which He carried out through Jesus Christ our Lord. This has been God's plan through all history that people would come and would know Him. Do you know the amazing part of all of this is that God's actually chosen you and I to complete God's mission. He's chosen you. The mission that Jesus started when he came to earth, the one that he began uh, when he was on earth, he says, I want you and I, I want you guys to finish it. I want you to be the ones who will carry out uh, my mission. This is a backhanded compliment to us, isn't it? Uh, Jesus is actually saying, you know, "I I want you to do this. God's putting the future of the world in our hands. I heard this story about a guy in heaven and, uh, An angel comes up um, to God in heaven. This is a story I heard. This angel came up to God in heaven and he said to him, "Um, well, tell me, God, what's your plan? And God says, my plan is to give the good news to my children down there on earth. I'm going to give it to them. And I'm going to ask them to go all around the world. I'm going to ask them to share it. And the angel looked back at God with a worried look on his face. And he said, what if they don't do it? You know, God, what's your B plan? And God looks back and he says, There is no B plan. We're it. And God wants to use you and he wants to use me to take the good news. And it's a privilege to be part of God's mission to reach the world. It's a privilege to be part of what he's actually doing. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. That's what we're going to talk about. God wants all of your days to be spent fulfilling this purpose, he wants all of your days to be spent. Telling others about his good news. So how do you spend all of your days? How how do you actually go about spending all of your days telling others about the good news? How can you complete this mission? Well, you can do three things. And the first, to complete my God-given mission, I must share With those in my world that's the starting point I must actually share with those in my world you know there was a guy who Jesus healed and after Jesus healed him he went to travel with Jesus he wanted to stay with him and Jesus said no I don't want you to do that he said I don't want you to do that this is what he said go back home And tell people how much God has done for you. So the man went all over town telling how much Jesus had done for him. Would you circle the phrase, go back home? Jesus says the same thing to you and I as he did to this man after he'd healed him. You know, this is where our mission starts. Right in our home. This this is where God wants us to start us to start sharing this good news right in the neighbourhoods where God has placed us, in your own community, right, right where you live. It starts all over town, you know, in Wodonga. That's what God wants you and I to do. He wants you to go to your friends. He wants you to go to your family, to your co-workers, to your neighbours, to anybody who crosses your path the person who might deliver your paper, the one who might come and help you with your field, you know, when it's time for harvest, the one who helps you with your petrol, uh, the the person who does anything for you, the milk bar or... God says, I want you to share the good news with the people first who are in your Jerusalem, people who are in your homes. Why don't we do this? Why don't we actually uh, share... I think one of the reasons is that we actually believe this myth that people aren't interested in spiritual issues. We kind of tell ourselves people wouldn't be interested in talking about these kind of things. Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, all you have to do is take up a, a TV guide and you can see coming up all these shows like Charmed and Crossing Over and all these shows. I saw a a thing on TV just not long ago where there were psychics trying to figure out and solve a murder case. And people are interested in spiritual things. They're off the charts when it comes to wanting to watch things uh, about spiritual things and they're looking in all the wrong places. You know, in our civic centre, I noticed we have an annual kind of uh, festival of mind and body and soul where people can come and look at tarot cards and readings. you know, and people go. People flock to find out What's what's going on there? People are interested in spiritual things and they're willing to look in all the wrong places. You see, people aren't hostile. They're not hostile when it comes to finding out uh, more about issues of faith. And, in fact, people are not hostile about invitations to come to church. You know, if you were to invite friends, many people would uh, respond. There's been studies that have been... Uh, done over in America where they said you know out of the whole all the people in America 64 million people said that they didn't have a a spiritual home a church home, but 34 million said if a friend just invited them they'd go. Yeah We're different to America. I know But I think there'd be a lot of people that you know right now who you have good friendships who'd come and check it out They know they wouldn't have to stay here forever if they didn't want to but could come and there are opportunities that are, are just waiting all around for us. You know, your friends, your neighbours, work colleagues, you know, people who are all around you are seeking meaning in life. And there are opportunities there to share the good news with them. They're staring us right in the face every single day. And all the great stuff that we've been learning, you know, are things that we can share with them. I've heard a story about a, a manicurist, you know, someone who does people's nails, and while they 're sitting down there, they're a captive audience for her, you know, and she starts to share her faith with them. They can't really run off, they 'll get their nails wet. Uh, I've also uh, heard about a uh, eye doctor who gets the people to look up at the chart on the wall and it's the four spiritual laws. you know <laughs> Just read, "Yes, God loves me and I have a perfect plan for my life." <laughs> you can be creative, you know. Look at any ways you can share. And Now, sometimes doing this takes a little bit of persistence, doesn't it? Sometimes uh, we don't give up just at the first time. And people around us in our home, um, you know, you need to make a bit of effort. I remember um, one year I joined with others in the church I was at and we delivered pamphlets, you know, and it was hot and it was tiring, but for a Christmas kind of, um, services, we did it, and I remember thinking, I'm too busy for this, I'm, I'm tired, you know, I've got to hand these pamphlets out, but I remember getting to one of those services and actually meeting a young Indian guy, and he was there for the first time, and I said, wow, it's great to see you, have you ever been before? He said, no, this is my first time. He said, someone put this thing in my letterbox. I said, where do you live? <laughs> and I would put it in his letterbox, and I was, wow, you know. It takes persistence, though. And he kept coming back. And, you know, his life was changed just through persistence and and doing that. You know, it's incredible because Easter's only two weeks away. And the amazing thing is Steve Bremner today has got a table set up at the back. And we've got all these brochures, which are fantastic brochures. They're high-gloss ones with... um, Wodonga District Baptist Church on the back and they're advertising our Good Friday service at 9.30 and we've got Sunday services at 10am and 6.30pm. You know, you could deliver these and someone might respond to your putting it in their box and it might change their eternity forever just by coming to church and getting to know Jesus. You could be a part. It takes persistence. I know you're busy. It's very hot sometimes these days but, you know, you can do this. Also, you could ask Steve to grab some of these and you could just give them to your friends at work and invite them. That would be very effective too. But there are so many ways that you can do this, and God wants to, to use you. And Easter is a time that people are wide open. You know, they say, Well, I know geez, something about Jesus, but why don't I come and check it out? And we're going to be having this clear teaching about who Jesus is and why he died and came back to life again. God wants to use you. And there are thousands of ways that you can actually. Start to witness, to tell people what God's done in your life. And it's just saying what, what God's done. You, you can give tapes or CDs. You know, People have been giving away CDs from these services uh, to other friends that haven't been able to make it or, or a, people that might not even be interested in coming to church but they'll listen to a CD. You know, I, I had a number of different purpose-driven life books when I started, but now people have been saying, oh, I gave mine away. Can I take yours? You know, the people in the staff, they sort of think, because I'm a pastor, I'll, I'll be friendly. So people are taking my books because... <laughs> They've given theirs away. You can give the purpose-driven life away. I've got a friend who's in prison at the moment. I think he's got he's got nothing to do. I'm gonna send him a purpose-driven life book to read right right there while he's there. You know, you can do this. You can give Christian books, you can give all all kinds of tools that will help them. You know, there's someone who came to me and said, I've just developed this little one-page tool, which you can put in a uh, Laundry mat, and you can put it amongst the magazines and it just shares briefly the gospel and tells them to come to church. So th- there's all these creative ways that you can look at. If you open your um, news sheet, you're going to see this little tool that we've given you today. It's called The Life You Were Meant to Live. There should be two in every news sheet, so if someone next year hasn't got one, just pass that on. And, it, and it's how to establish a spiritual base for your life. And this is, um, this just simply explains, B-A-S-E, a a base that you can base your spiritual life on, that people can get to know Jesus through just doing these four simple things. Um, And I I really like this. I think it's great. I think there's a number of reasons why it's good. First, it's simple. It's simple and it's to the point. And you can carry it in your wallet or in your handbag. You can... uh, You can really use it any time. The thing that I like is that you don't have to memorise everything. You know, some people say, I can't remember verses when they come up. Or you've got the card and they're just written there. You don't have to memorise the whole thing. And um, the other thing is it's non-threatening. You know, you bring out a little card. Some people say, oh, you're interested in knowing a little bit more about Jesus. Well, let me share with you. I've got a few verses, you know. People oh, I wish I'd never responded. But this little card, you know, it just has the verses there. It's non-threatening. You can pull this out and people aren't going to... So that's, that's another thing. It, it, you can actually just bring, pull it out in a non-threatening way when you're at a restaurant or at your at work or whatever you're doing, you can actually just use this to, uh, to share. In fact, we thought we'd um, show you a demonstration of how this base card could be wor- used. Jonathan Wright from ABC Radio, Morning Breakfast Show, and Liam from uh, Star FM, Breakfast Show People. They're the real deal. Great stuff. And that might be happening in their workplaces this week, Who knows. But more importantly, it can be happening in your workplace this week. Uh, just a simple way to start a spiritual conversation. We hope you'll put that in your handbag or in your wallet and that you'll use that and, and use any opportunity that you can to talk. Now, why in the world should we actually take time to start uh, doing that with somebody else? Why should we take time to share with other people? I'll tell you why. It's the reason that your heart is still beating. Because if God didn't have any other purpose left for you, uh, he would have just taken you up to to heaven the moment you became a believer. But, uh, you know, if you think about it, the reason God wants you here is that there's more work to do. Now, heaven is perfect, and there's no problems, no trials, no sin, no temptations, no, anything like that. So God's still got you here, and he, and you're not going to be sinning in heaven, and that's one of the things. But the other thing that you're not going to be able to do in heaven, as I said before, is share this with other people. And God wants you to do that right now. He wants you to be sharing that in the time that we have left on this earth. Um, The only reason your heart is still beating after you've come to know Jesus is because God wants you to share this with other people. God really does. He wants you to share it. If uh, somebody hadn't shared it with you, can you imagine how different your life would be now? You'd be lost. And yet somebody took the time to pass it on to you. Let's look at the next verse. It says here in 1 Peter 3.15, Be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope that you have. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be able to always be ready, always be ready to share the things that he's done for us with everyone. And that's the reason God's got you here. He puts you here to share with them. Now, why don't we read this verse together? Uh, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, God doesn't want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and lives. God's not willing that anyone should perish. As long as there's one person that's still on earth, God wants that person to know the good news. He wants them to know about him. He wants you and I to keep reaching out. Do you want to know how much God loves your neighbours? Do you want to know how much he cares for the people in your family? He says, I love you this much. You know, I love you enough to die on a cross. I love you enough to spread out my arms and die in your place. That's how much I love you. I couldn't love you anymore. And he wants you to share that with other people. Some people might think every once in a while they might say, but Jonathan, you know, isn't our church big enough? You know, there's... There's hardly any more seats available here. Uh, Haven't we grown enough to just be be satisfied? And and the the answer is, you know, we really don't grow for us. We want to keep growing. We want to keep growing and growing and growing, not for our benefit but because everybody needs to know about the good news. So the question isn't how much should we grow, it's who can we leave behind? Who can we not share this with? You know, because every time we say we're not going to grow anymore, it's almost like we're turning around on the people of Wodonga, the people that live here, and we say, you can go to hell. You know, we don't care. We're saved. We're going to heaven. We're fine. She'll be right. No worries. But we don't care about you. And as long as there are people that are alive in Wodonga, we want to grow. We want to reach them. We want to share the good news with them. Now, if I had the cure for AIDS... Uh, if, if I had the cure for cancer, I'd be out shouting it on the street. You know, there'd be nothing that would would stop me. Uh, I'd be it'd be criminal to keep that a secret. But what I've got is something even more important than that cure. It's a cure for eternal eternal life, <clears throat> forever, because of trusting in Jesus Christ. And it's been given. Somebody cared enough to tell me about it, and. I've got to be caring enough to tell others. Now, if you want to know uh, what God's, if you want God's legacy for your life, if you want to know, if you want God's blessing on your life, if you want him to look at your life and say, what a great life you've lived. You've got to care about what God cares about. And you know what God cares about more than anything else? He cares about people. He really does. He cares about people, your friends, your friends, your neighbours, your co-workers, uh, your loved ones, your relatives, those who don't know Jesus, God cares about them. And we have the best news in the world. And why wouldn't we want to share it? You know, uh, John became, began coming to the church that uh, I, was, I was at not so long ago. And he was only coming because his wife dragged him along, you know. He sort of came and after every service he'd talk at the door and he'd say, not a bad, not a bad service. You know, and whenever there was something really moving, he'd say, you know, I'm a thinking man. I don't really get too bothered by all this sort of stuff, you know. And there were times over the two or so years that we were friends together where he opened up for a few moments. But when it came to the point of talking about accepting Jesus as your friend, he sort of would close right up. You know, all his life was about himself being self-made. He did everything on his own and he did everything himself. But I'll never forget when he was in bed in hospital one morning and uh, he uh, was told that he had cancer and I'll never forget holding his hand and holding his wife's hand as he prayed to ask Jesus into his life. You know, it didn't matter really all all the rest. He's going to spend the rest of eternity in heaven. I love more than anything being able to share that with other people, and I know you do too. In fact, I've decided that every opportunity I get for the rest of my life, I'm going to seek to share the gospel with other people. And I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to make that the goal of your life, that when you die, people say that you help them know Jesus. That's what I hope. I've got a picture of my, me at my funeral and people standing around saying, well, the one thing about Jonathan, you know, if they say anything, I want them to say, he helped me know Jesus more. He helped me learn to love him more. He helped me to know him more. And I'm going to commit the rest of my life to doing that. Why? Why do we need to do that? Well, for the simple reason that people really need to know the Lord. It makes such a difference. People need the Lord. Let's listen to these words. you were made for a mission. It's the fifth purpose of your life. First, I must share with those in my world. But that's not enough. It's not enough to just care about the people who are around you. Number two, I must dare to reach beyond my world. must dare to reach beyond my world. Now love demands that I actually go beyond my comfort zone to People with different backgrounds, uh, different education, different language, different economics. You see, our mission has such eternal consequences, heaven and hell, that we must be willing to risk anything to get the message out. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 9. Whatever each person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. In other words, I just don't hang out with people like me. I just don't find people that think and act the same or just like me. Christians are called to actually build bridges, not walls. And repeatedly in the Bible, we're told to reach out. We're told to reach out to others. God expects that you will make the first move. In fact, over and over and over again, God says it in one word. He says, go, go. I want you to go. You can't spell God without go. You, you can't spell good news without go. You can't spell gospel without go. You have to go. Now, I must dare to reach beyond my world. Look at what this Next verse, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, Stoop down and reach out to those who were oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. What is Christ's law? Well, it's love your neighbour as yourself. He says, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Now, you don't have to leave Wodonga to do that. You don't have to leave Australia to do that. Actually, you can stoop down and reach people who are oppressed you know, just within minutes of this church. Uh, you, you don't have to travel a long way to do that. Uh, look at the next verse. Real religion. Real religion. The kind that passes muster before God the Father is reaching out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight. You know, when we read the Bible and we read about Jesus, you, you read and you find out that Jesus was always the one that was barracking for the underdog. He was always calling out and cheering on the poor. He was always someone who was looking out for the imprisoned or the orphans or the ones that were, were down on the low social economic side of things. If Jesus were alive today, do you know who would be hanging out with? He'd be hanging out with people who were uh, suffering, uh, perhaps those that were dying of AIDS, perhaps those that were unemployed and uh, really struggling to get by in life. And he doesn't want us to turn our back on them either. He wants us to help those. And here at Wodonga Baptist Church, where we're really, there are many members who are, who are going beyond themselves, who are not just telling their friends, but they're reaching out to people who are different from them to show God's love to the needy. Let me read just a few of the ways in which people have been doing that. You know, we have our food pantry where people come who who haven't got enough food to eat, and we give food to them. You know, you contribute when you bring along um, non-perishable items and bring them in. You know, uh, we often have given a Christmas dinner for those that haven't got enough food to have a Christmas dinner. We've got people that visit people in Beechworth jail. We've got uh, people that are going into all different kinds of areas to share the good news with others, not just those that are down and depressed but others who are are out in our area. People who are CRE teachers who are going into primary schools. We've got um, people that are going into the universities and sharing the good news with people there. And, you know, we've also helped those that were struggling right while we stayed here in Wodonga. You know, remember we, we took up an offering for the tsunami victims and the response was overwhelming that you gave so generously to help those people. And we stayed right here, but we helped those that were suffering. Remember the Sudanese people. We just filled up the whole sort of garage full of picks and shovels and all everything that we could and we sent it on a, on a boat and sent it right over to, in, in a container, right over to the Sudanese people. Operation Christmas Child is something that we've done as a church regularly. And we just wanna continue to do those things. We wanna share with you today one real special way that you can actually help right today without leaving Wodonga that make a big impact on those that are poor and those that are suffering. And Marg Docking's gonna come and share that with us. Why don't you give her a round of applause as she comes.
1: Jonathan's in charge of the PowerPoint, so I either speak very, very fast or in reverse. (laughs) Does anyone get uh, Time magazine? You need to be reasonably intelligent, but it's a really, really good good article in here, and it's really confirming of what we're saying. I actually don't get it. Jonathan just handed it to me. (laughs) You know, God's character, as seen in the Bible in Jesus' words and in the actions of the words of the prophet is one of real justice and mercy. God has a real heart for the poor and the powerless and unfortunately injustice is rife in our times. So what does poverty look like? In terms of facts, 16% of the world's population is hungry, 11 million children die each day, a billion live in extreme poverty, 3 billion No access to sanitation at all. And 130 million children will never go to school. These statistics are really quite despairing. Yet, you know, this world has got enough food for us all. God's created enough food and resources for us all to have basics. But a billion go hungry, and a billion people living in rich nations like ours eat too much and face being overweight. The problem is not that we don't have enough but that some have abundance and the rest struggle to survive. So poverty means going hungry and being weak, getting sick, not going to school, no access to any sort of training, living with conflict and not having choices. Poverty means that people are denied their potential to really be a part of God's great creation. Sickness is always present. Parents watch their children die and they cannot give their children the opportunities that we all take for granted. So who's to blame? You or me? Well, rich nations tend to think that poor nations contribute to their own problems. They just can't get their act together. But poverty is a problem, too, because to us, because our behavior as wealthy nations is often selfish and unjust. The prophets of the Old Testament strongly condemned practices that exploited the poor. And yet, today, we have different practices, but the results are the same injustice for the poor. Think of the trade rules that favour the rich because we have power to impose what we want. Poor countries provide cheap labour so we can have those bargain goods and the increased profits. Many problems of government in poor s- nations stem from decisions made by the colonial masters. Things like national borders, crossing traditional ethnic divides, racist policies. What about the crops that help the West to prosper? rather than the locals producing their own food. These problems still haunt post-colonial governments. Corruption, lack of democracy, poor governments, they're real problems, but it shouldn't stop us from caring. In places of great need and inequality, conflict is much more likely and leads to more suffering. In fact, one third of the poorest nations in the world are experiencing conflict today. Now, the United Nations Millennium Development Goals were supported by 191 nations, and that includes Australia. They they were developed to um, halve world poverty by the year 2015. In 2000, all the countries of the United Nations agreed to take up this, this goal. And Australia is very much one of them. The Millennium Development Goals, I'm going to read them out to you because they're all important. And most of us have never heard of them. Goal one is to eradicate extreme poverty and hunger. Two, to achieve universal primary education. Three is to promote gender equality and empower women. Four is to reduce child mortality. Five is improve maternal health. Six, combat diseases. Seven, ensure environmental sustainability. And goal eight is develop a global partnership for development. Goal eight is the crucial one for countries like Australia we can help poor nations achieve the other seven goals by giving a fair share of development aid. Goal 8 asks rich nations to act with justice on issues like trade and debt and the environment. So um, I'm not sure if you can see this graph very well, but um, the gross national income, this is a slide that shows that, rich nations spend on overseas aid, and the most generous nations are at the top. Australia is the black line and it's uh, actually rated number three in the world on the Human Development Index. But in this graph we are third from the bottom in terms of our generosity in overseas aid. And most of us thought we were pretty good on your mate, we'll stand there and help everyone, aren't we? But the black horizontal line on this chart says we're the third from the bottom in our generosity. In the last 30 years our national wealth has doubled but the proportion of our wealth we spend on aid has halved. So what are we going to do? Christians can remind governments and decision makers um, that to act with justice and kindness, and that's what we call the MICA challenge. Australia needs to double its percentage or gross national income spent on overseas aid if we are ever to have our fair share in meeting those goals. You may think that sounds like a lot, but we can actually afford it. It's not actually a huge amount compared to our total spending and it would help to fight disease, provide schooling and give safe drinking water to millions. That's what the Micah Challenge is all about. So why Micah? Micah was a prophet. The verses, uh, Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy and to walk in humbleness with our God? The Micah Challenge aims firstly to deepen our commitment of the Christians to an idea of integrated gospel of good news, to proclaim and demonstrate the love of Jesus in a world of great need. Secondly, the Micah Challenge aims to be a prophetic voice calling upon influencing leaders around the world. Now we're a democratic country and we're allowed to do that and we can put a little bit of pressure on those in, in leadership. The campaign urges decision makers to fulfil their promise to achieve Millennium Development Goals. They've already signed it. We're just asking them to fulfil them. Today you can sign that MICA call petition and uh, our first aim is to get 50,000 people to sign the MICA call and then we would have a powerful united voice with political leaders. We'd love every one of you to sign it today. We've got a couple of tables set up so you can do that. We don't want to be silent let us do justice, love kindness as a sign of God's kingdom. Thank you.
0: Well, the time to act is now. Uh, Time magazine is this week. Time magazine is talking about exactly the same development goals that the Micah Challenger are encouraging us to do. And they want us to, you know, say to our government, we agreed to them. Can we continue to honour those commitments that we made? There's a table right as you leave, there And just out of this door, there's another table as well. What we'd love you to do is just sign a little petition saying you'd like them to uh, to keep the commitment to those developments. We'd love to give you a bookmark as well, um, so you can take that, put it in your Bible, pray for that. We'd love you also to uh, take a little postcard. You can put a little stamp on it and just send it off and it will go to the government and we'll just say, we'd, we'd love you you know, to support um, these, these efforts to reduce world poverty. Can you please do that? And then uh, there's a little brochure. You can have more information. Why don't you get Time Magazine? A lot of you are smarter than you think you are. <laughs> so, so go and, and do that. You know, One day you and I, we're going to stand before God and he's going to really do an audit of our lives. And he's going to judge if we've really learnt to love or if it was just all talk. Did we ever really do anything that showed love Or did we just say that we loved other people? The Bible says that one day Jesus is going to separate people into two groups. There's going to be the sheep and the goats. And he's going to say to one group, you you know what? Well, look, here's what he's going to say. Matthew twenty-five. 35 to 36. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your house. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And people are going to say, hey, when did we do that for you, Lord? And he says, well, when you gave a cup of cold water to somebody who was thirsty, when you gave a shoebox to someone, when you gave when you signed a petition to someone, when you stood up for people that were, were, were suffering, when you sent something over to you know the tsunami victims, when you put something in the shed for the Sudan people. When you did that, you did it for me. It's just like you did it for me. One day, Fulton Sheen, who was the famous Catholic bishop, was in a leper colony over in Africa. And he was repulsed when he saw the open cuts and and sores on the lives of everybody that was there. People were just lying in the dirt with open sores in this uh, leprosy colony. And he walked by one man and um, he not only had leprosy, but he also had all these skin diseases too. And his wounds were open and they were pussy and they were just horrible to look at. And uh, he... As as he leaned over to talk to this man, the cross that he was wearing um, on the chain that was around his neck, uh, it broke off and it fell right into one of these pussy wounds. And he said, you know, for a moment I was repulsed. I wanted to just kind of step back. Then all of a sudden I was filled, I was overcome with love for this person who had nothing. And he said, I reached into the sore." And I took up the cross. Do you know, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Healing broken lives, messed up lives. If we're not doing that, we're really not Christians. We're not showing our love. If we're not helping those that are needing our love the most. Because this is what it's all about. It's... The whole business of Christianity is actually getting about hurting people and healing and helping and showing our love for them in acts that are demonstrable. If you get intermission, it's going to cost you. It really is going to cost you. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you self-centeredness. It's going to cost you comfortable things and it's going to, Cost a lot, but God's promised you and I eternal rewards if we'll get serious about getting into m- mission. Look at this verse. Jesus replied, Let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for me and to tell others the good news. That's our mission. Who won't be given back? And will you read it with me, the next part? A hundred times over. Now, that's, I want you to remind you that God doesn't lie. And that's what his word says, a hundred times over you'll be given back. Do you know know what that is? That's actually 10,000% interest you're going to receive. Um, That's how much you're going to receive on your investment into missions, 10,000%. God says, whatever you do for me is not in vain. It's not enough to share with those in your own world, just share with them. It's not even enough to reach beyond my world like we've been talking about but if i'm going to be like jesus christ i need to care about the whole world i need to care about everyone i share with my world i dare to reach beyond my world and when then i care about the whole world and we have to care because god cares about the whole world and this is going to take us to a whole new level of spiritual maturity Mark 16 and verse 15, Jesus says to his his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things in this verse as you look at it. Jesus, was he talking to pastors there? No, he wasn't talking to pastors. Uh, he, He wasn't talking just to missionaries there. He was talking to who? His followers. His followers. So if you're a Christian, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If you're not fishing, you're not following. He says to his followers, go everywhere because everybody deserves to hear the good news. I want everybody to to hear about it. And this is... uh, this is not, you think, well, this is impossible, but God wants to use you in doing the impossible. When he said that to his disciples, you know, they didn't even have ships in those days very much. They didn't have great vessels that could get them all over the place. In those days, they had two main you know, accessible means of transport. One was walking or one was getting across on a donkey or a camel maybe. And that was it. It's so different today, isn't it? We've got so many ways that we can share with other people the good news. You think about it. We've got planes, we've got trains, we've got automobiles, we've got buses, we've got the internet, we've got everything. We can uh, global roaming on your mobile phone. You can talk to someone on a mobile anywhere. And we've got lots of these... You, know, you can actually sit in your pyjamas in your, in your home and communicate with someone right over the other side of the world today. It's never been as easy in the world to share with people a long, long way away. You know, you can get on a plane and you can travel to all different parts of the world. It's accessible to you and I. We can do that. In fact, many people have have done that. You remember Vera has just left after the tsunami tragedy to go over to Arche and to help. She's just said, well, it's happening way over there. But I can, uh, rather than just impact from here, I can actually get on a plane and I can travel and I can be of practical help right over there. You know, right now, Simon Dyer is over in Indonesia and he's uh, spending time over there on a short-term mission trip. Uh, we've, we've had many, many people that have gone out from here that have helped other people. You know, Kirsten and Roger Drew have, have gone out. Cam Gibbons to Russia. Jonathan Barton went on the Dulos. We have uh, Barry and Betty Smith that are on MMM all around Australia as well, helping people. Um, we, we've had Norma Kidson has gone to Russia and we've, N- Simon and Nicole Webb have gone to Whit- Whitcliffe Bible Translators over in Papua New Guinea. And many, many people have gone out from this church over the years saying, it, you know, I want to go into all the world. I want to take God's good news to help people. And you know what? Lives have been changed. People's lives have been touched with the good news. Why? Because people said, people need the Lord and I need to go. See, everybody needs Jesus. Some people may mask it. They may pretend and put up barriers to say that they don't. But in your heart, we know that people are empty without God. There's a song that Steve Green sings. that says, across the street and around the world, the mission is the same. Proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. If you really want to start living, if you really want to start looking at mission and find that your life is really um, making a huge difference, let's read this verse. If you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. Fulfilling your mission is the secret of a fulfilled life. Really, when you give your life away to Jesus, when you say, I'm willing to do what it takes to share your good news, you'll find that you'll really begin to live. As we close this morning, I just want to ask a question. Is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? Is anybody going to be there and say when you see them in heaven, thank you, thank you so much for sharing with me the things that you knew about Jesus. I'm here because of you. Do you know, every three minutes and 56 seconds someone in Australia dies. Someone in Australia dies every three minutes and 56 seconds and most of those people are going to a Christless eternity, not knowing anything about Jesus Christ and what he's done for them. You know, during this service, you know, in just this hours time, we've had so many people that have left, have died, left this earth in Australia while we've just been speaking. And, you know, we have the greatest news of all that we want to be able to share. Did you know that in the next year, 54 million people in the world will die and most of them will go to eternity without Jesus Christ? Those figures are staggering, aren't they? Almost too much for us even to think about. But the truth is that if we care, we must share. This verse is a real challenging one for us. Acts 13 and 36a. David served God's purposes in his own lifetime. Now, as we come to the close of the 40 days, you know, as next week is our last kind of celebration week wouldn't it be great to be able to pray know know that this prayer for us that we would serve God's purposes in our own lifetime would come true that we would spend our lives getting involved in giving our lives in worship fellowship discipleship ministry and evangelism that's my prayer for you let's do that together Give our lives fully for him. And when we come to thinking about whether we're gonna, what we're gonna do is as we hear God's call to live his purposes, you know, if you're just remember that if you're still alive, your purposes aren't completed. You've got to keep serving him every moment. And, And let's not be those who, like Moses, kind of said, who, me, when God came and asked him. Let's not be like Jonah who who said, not me. And let's not be like Habakkuk who said, why me? But let's be like Isaiah who said, send me. Send me, God, I'm yours. And the most dangerous prayer that you can ever pray is, God, use me. And I I dare you to say it today. Say it to God. Use me, God. Use me. And watch what happens when you give yourself completely to him. Because when you do that, just a little bit in the master's hand can be used for incredible, more than we could ever ask or imagine. So say, God, use me. Why don't we bow our heads this morning? And God, this morning as we come to you, we know that there are so many people here today, so many faces, so many different people. And God, I know that you're calling all of us to accept your mission, to accept our mission. God, I pray that all these people here this morning will have the courage to do the right thing, to actually take up the challenge to say, God, use me. God, to pray that no one here would be disobedient to what you're calling them, what you're saying to them specifically this morning. Oh, God, thank you for using us, choosing to use us. Now, you might want to pray something like this. Pray with me quietly. Say, Father, more than anything else, I want to fulfil the purposes you made for me. So today I accept this fifth purpose, my mission, to tell others. I want you to use me, God, anytime, any way, any place. God, I want to bring others to you. I want to serve you in my generation. God, I want to be part of what you're doing in this world. And God, I want to build my world, my life, around your eternal purposes. And I want to help our church do the same thing. Help me reach another person for Jesus. Help me reach one more. Help me keep reaching out to people around me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, if you have your news sheet this morning, you'll just notice in there those blue cards. We'd just love you to take them out now and complete the blue card on the front and the back everybody even if you come each week we just love you to to fill those out i just got three very short but very important messages to share with you right now remember the mica challenge both exits you can sign take a postcard remember to do that the other thing we just want to let you know is that we would love to hear your stories this week do it today there's actually a uh, stand and uh, a table where's that sandy outside as you leave out the front exit under the big covering shade there out the front we'd love you you can spend time this morning just writing down some of the stories the way 40 40 days have impacted your life we'd love you to do that do you know what we've decided to do too we've decided to give you an opportunity to be baptized in response some of you have been saying this has been great my life's changed I want to respond and I want to be baptized so we've decided to open up Um, an opportunity on Easter Sunday. So next week is our celebration service. We're going to have people sharing testimonies. We're going to be sharing some of your stories that you've given to us. But on the following Sunday, not this Sunday, but the following one, we're just saying if you want to be baptised, all you need to do is come 2 o'clock next Saturday here at the church administration buildings and we've got a one-off session for you so that you can be baptised the following Sunday, Easter Sunday morning. Everyone got that clear? The, The other thing is, Next um, week, we've got the Missions and Ministry Fair. Now, this is going to be unbelievable. We've got so many people that are coming, different missions organisations that are going to be here, and we'd just love you to come and be part of that. And missions and ministries will all be there. Now, we're going to have our offering right now, and we'd love you to fill out those cards, but let's reflect on these words, which is a final challenge to us to get out there and share our faith with those around us.